0: I can't think of anyone, including me, who came here this morning to be advised to pluck out an eyeball and throw it away, especially so soon after Valentine's Day. (laughs) Though one supposes that the world might be a better place if some of the sexual predators we meet in the media had adopted that strategy. Today's gospel is surely one of the most stringent in all the world's religions. Not long ago, I heard a story about stringency. A man walks into a bank with a draft for $50. The check is unendorsed, however. When he gets to the teller, he is told that it would not be honored without a proper signature on the back. He pitches a fit, shouting that this is a free country and no one is going to force him to sign anything he does not want to. Then, retrieving his unendorsed draft, he storms out, crosses the street, and marches into a rival bank. Here also he encounters resistance, but when he starts to make a scene, the teller reaches through the gilded bars, catches hold of both his ears, and brings his face down onto the marble ledge several times saying sign here. (laughs) Wiping the blood from his nose, he does so. Receives his $50 and returns to the first bank waving the cash. See, he shouts, they cashed my check. Yes, says the first teller but I'll bet you had to endorse it. Well, sure, says the man, but they explain things over there. (laughs) Luckily, the most persuasive indicators of the temperament, so to say, of the deity suggest the opposite of the second tellers Namely, a supple, kindly, forgiving nature. For me, a memorable presentation of this is the play The Green Pastures by Mark Connolly. He received the 1930 Pulitzer Prize for it. Connolly's play initially shows a deity with more or less unrefined feelings, who by the end, helplessly and agonizingly, endures the suffering of his son, and through that, in the playwright's words, learns compassion. It's a sweet story, even if today it shows It's 90 years of age but what more could we want in this broken world than a God of compassion? The theologians sometimes remind us that compassion is not so much an ad hoc feeling of pity. It is rather a continuing predisposition, a way of kindly interpreting and kindly responding to the world. I've recently read a remarkable series of books by the late Vasily Grossman. He was a Russian Jewish combat journalist at Stalingrad and elsewhere with the Russian army on the brutal Eastern Front during World War II. He experienced an awful lot, good and bad, and earned a reputation as an honest and insightful writer. Having seen and experienced so very much, Grossman ventures his thoughts concerning compassion. This is from his magnum opus, Life and Fate. Quote, good is to be found neither in the sermons of religious teachers and prophets, nor in the teachings of sociologists and popular leaders, nor in the ethical systems of philosophers. Rather, ordinary people, bear love in their hearts, are naturally full of love and pity for any living thing. At the end of the day's work, they prefer the warmth of the hearth To a bonfire in the public square. There is everyday human kindness. The kindness of an old woman carrying a piece of bread to a prisoner. The kindness of a soldier allowing a wounded enemy to drink from his water flask. The kindness of youth toward age, the kindness of a peasant hiding an old Jew in the loft, the kindness of a prison guard who risks his own liberty to pass on letters by a prisoner not to his ideological comrades but to his wife and mother, the private kindness of one individual toward another, a petty, thoughtless kindness, an unwitnessed kindness, a kindness outside any system of social or religious good, something we could call senseless kindness." Close quote. Do we realize that the best proof we have for the sovereignty of compassion in the world is ourselves, all of us? Because imaging the divine, we behave toward each other with unself regarding kindness and compassion.